Good morning, everybody. It's May 20th, 2022. I'm Charlie Fink here with Ted Schulitz for This Week in XR, sponsored by Verbella. Uh, next week, we have the Augmented World Expo, I guess the week after, right after uh, Memorial Day. And yeah, we're going to have its founder and executive director, uh, Ori Inbar, here with us in a few minutes to talk about it. It's a huge event in the XR world, uh, although there are big developer conferences focused on XR. Um, you know, at Google and Meta and uh, Microsoft, uh, this one is the one for everybody. Um, the big boys do make a showing. It's not quite with the same fanfare that they bring to their own conferences, but Snap is there, Meta is there, Microsoft is there. So it's a um, uh, exciting prospect to get back together again in the real, although we had a smaller show in November. Uh, at AWE, I think this year we may be back to our 2019 form where there were almost 10,000 attendees. Yeah, and Ori's a good friend of ours. And this is this is the real sort of annual gathering of anybody that's interested in this space in some way, shape, or form across enterprise, entertainment, and you know, consumer sort of deliverables. Um, so it's an important event for us. We'll we'll actually be doing some. I think reporting and podcasting from the event, if all goes well. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna record a, a couple dozen people and uh, do a, a special AWE edition. Right. So, uh, slow news week. I mean, uh, I didn't know what we would talk about this morning, and then Bloomberg dropped an Apple bomb. Yeah, <laughs> one of the many Apple bombs over the last couple of years. But this one is unique because unless you've seen anything different than I have, it's only been Bloomberg that did this reporting about the board, the Apple yeah. board, which of course includes Tim Cook, the CEO, um, seeing a device at a board meeting and discussing it. But no one else has covered anything other than just covering the Bloomberg. No, we were covering Bloomberg's coverage. Yes. <laughs> so Bloomberg got some sort of scoop, which who knows how accurate it is or where it comes from. Um, and uh, it became sort of a sensation this week. The, the article suggests that they could be making an announcement at their developer conference in two weeks. Right, right. So that's, yeah, in a couple of weeks in early June, they've got a developer conference, and then there'll be some more stuff in the fall. So who knows, right? Uh, it's it's certainly an interesting time, long awaited. And as, as you and I speculate, Charlie, of people that have lived inside a Macintosh ecosystem for effectively their entire lives, right? Uh, and use it both professionally if they're in the creative arts, and of course it's it's blossomed into lots of different places, and personally and socially, we're, we all have this high level of curiosity of what it looks like to wear a Macintosh interface, to wear an Apple iOS interface on your head versus in your lap or in your hands. Um, and you know how long have they been iterating and working on that to prove that there is a different path forward than what we've seen so far from VR devices. And well, more than the look of the hardware is, I mean, what is it going to do? Right. And how is it going to do it, right? Because Apple tends to be really good at understanding that human connection to technology, better than, you know, arguably better than anybody else, although others are certainly getting better at it. Um, so they have to have a very Apple take on this um, that feels very natural to people that live inside an Apple ecosystem like you and I. So it'll be very interesting. It, it does sound like it's going to be expensive and, and they're not expecting to sell tens of millions of them right away. Um, so it's very much of a 1.0, but it's so funny because Roni was on the podcast last week and he was saying, what the hell are they waiting for? Right. <laughs> well, we talked a lot about, is, is there a 10X um, sort of moment where we've seen everything to date from Meta, from Vive, from in, from you know uh, Index, the the and 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 the Pico folks and everything else, 
that all sort of have unified on a certain style and a certain effect. We've also seen XR devices from Magic Leap, and of course the Magic Leap 2 is an impressive device, yes. um, from Unreal and from others, from Lenovo, moving into that pass-through thing. But they kind of live in two very understood camps now. Is there a third camp that Apple is going to bring to the table that is effectively going to blow people's minds in a Gen 1 experience? Gosh, we'll I hope so. We will see. I, I hope so. It would make, make my job a lot more interesting. Well, there'll certainly be a lot of discussion about it next week. At, at <laughs> right? so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, let's bring in Ori and uh, talk some more about AWE. I can't wait to hear what's in store. Sounds good. Good morning, folks. Ori Inbar, what a pleasure. How are you, sir? Fantastic. Good I, to see I, you again. I love the collection behind you. It's for people who are listening, Ori is sitting in front of bookshelves packed with uh, AR and VR headsets. Yes, the history of VR and AR, yeah. That's the idea. Were those the same headsets that you put in the AR VR museum at AWE a couple of years ago? Actually, back then we were able to get access to some collections of even uh, longer uh, collectors, you know, like Stephen Finer and others that had devices going back to the <laughs> 80s and 90s. So way more than I have here. Yeah, and everything things, up to the fake space boom. <laughs> one of the things, Ori, I was able to, to use and incorporate in presentations for a long time was in one of the AWE shows, you had this collection of every existing mixed reality headset, pass through, see through mixed reality headset, all in a room together in one of the rooms. And there were about 50 or 60, right? So it was incredible just to see all the different configurations and attempts over many sort of tech generations. And I took pictures of every single one of them and built them into <laughs> like kind of this big thing that said, what's wrong with this picture? Why did none of these actually get any traction? Right. And we started to kind of speculate on where things looked from there. So it's a very interesting time where we sit today in, in 2022. Exactly. I mean, I, for, for me, it was kind of incredible that most people, even in the industry, are not aware of the history of how right. these things have been built, you know, since the 80s, 90s. And, uh, and just putting it out there in a way that shows the progression, I think, illuminates uh, the whole idea. And, and it's not just Apple that everybody's waiting for. There's a lot of companies out there that have been working on this for years. Yeah, and, and really how difficult it is to migrate something from a form factor on a desktop, on a laptop, even in our hands, to something that makes sense to wear, right? It, it's a very, very interesting space that we're all in. So, so let's, let's talk about uh, AWE 2022. This is the... Um, the Bar 13 years. Oh, wow. The Bar years. Wow. Nice. Congratulations. It is, it is a vaunted institution and there's a lot of excitement about the upcoming show. I was just saying to Ted, I think this may, we may be back to 2019 form where there were like 10,000 people there. It certainly feels like people are very excited to get yeah. back to now. So that's good, yeah. Yeah, based on what we're seeing, it's, it's definitely uh, getting back to the pre-pandemic levels, especially in terms of the expo, we're expecting almost 250 exhibitors. Wow and more mature than ever. So I think the expo is, is probably going to be the best we've ever had. That's, that's fantastic. That's a lot of exhibitors. And um, <clears throat> how would you break down the exhibitors? AR, VR, enterprise, entertainment? What, what's the mix there? I know it's a little of everything, but they're usually, at least in the past, it's been uh, enterprise. That's right. So it's, it's definitely a little bit of everything. The idea is to cater to every single 
community in the AR and VR ecosystem. Uh, and actually, you know, if you look at the uh, expo floor on our website on awxr.com, there's a new feature that is pretty cool. You can actually filter the exhibitors based on tags. And I, you know, I just did a quick exercise uh, before the, the recording. And first of all, yes, most of the companies are still enterprise. We're talking about like 92 out of all of them that are geared towards the enterprise in some way. A second category, which has always been uh, a big category is tools, development tools, creator tools. Uh, and the next one, which kind of surprised me is interaction uh, devices and, and uh, software. We have 47 exhibitors that are focused on interaction, anything from gloves to suits to, you know, smelling uh, in VR and, and so on. Uh, of course, there's a lot of uh, eyewear companies. There's all, all, over 35 companies that are focused on, a, on eyewear, either the full package, you know, smart glasses or, or VR headsets or the displays or components for it. And then, you know, we have a lot of enabling technologies. Also consumers, actually 38 companies are geared towards consumers, which is, I think, also a more, record number. Many more than in the past, I would say. Yeah, that's a good yeah. sign. It's a good, that's a good leading indicator for all of us, yeah. Yep. I, I also noticed among the speakers a lot of uh, company names that we haven't seen before. Um, TikTok, uh, Snap, uh, Meta. Uh, you know, it's great to see those companies that have their own developer conferences finally embracing AWE as well, um, because it offers, you know, much more of a community than a single company conference would. Right. Absolutely. I think, you know, for many reasons, uh, a lot of the, the big tech companies have realized this is a great community for them to uh, showcase their product to you know either find uh, customers partners and employees in many cases yeah uh, so we have you know everyone from qualcomm to meta snap hp niantic microsoft tiktok for the first time magic leap oppo from china lenovo and, and a few newcomers uh, avatar from india uh, is going for the, the, the top level uh, sponsorship and uh, they're trying to, to make a big splash. What can you tell us about that company? Well, actually it's, it's gonna be a first time for me to actually see the company, um, but you know, their name kind of uh, says uh, a lot about it. You know, they're <laughs> kind of around avatars. Yeah. Uh, but I, I believe they're more focused on, on enterprise solutions. Um, but also, you know, marketing solutions and uh, kind of the, I think they're trying to work on the whole stack. So um, what do you think the, I mean, I know we're gonna be talking about the metaverse endlessly, uh, but what are the other, uh, do you think, um, uh, major topics going to be among the speakers and in the discourse among the attendees? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're gonna have almost 400 speakers and- uh, Four tracks, five tracks, it's, it's actually eight stages, uh, a total of 12 tracks. It's truly uh, the Woodstock of XR Geek. <laughs> I love that. We'll, we'll adopt it. <laughs> um, and, you know, first of all, I, I have to say that uh, we have a record number of female speakers booked for this year. We have about 150 female speakers, which is for me uh, yeah, a awesome. fantastic achievement. It's not easy. No. Um, we have to work really hard to, to find those. Uh, women leaders, uh, and, and I think, you know, their talks are, are really uh, awesome. Um, but in terms of, you know, uh, the types of talks, like you said, a lot of talks are going to be, have kind of the metaverse in their title. 
Um, but I think the good news is that we're talking much more in depth. You know, it's not just what is the metaverse and why it's important. It's really about specific aspect of it, of how you can actually scale it, how you can uh, build certain aspects of it. And, and I think in that sense, it shows a bit of maturity since what we've seen last year. But, you know, other topics, um, you know, of course, a lot of discussions around uh, ethics and privacy and safety, uh, a bunch of the associations which are kind of pushing those concepts and the, the conversation are, are going to be, uh, you know, on the main stage and in other stages. The XR Guild is making its kind of inaugural uh, debut, you know, the, this, in this event. And uh, we'll but what is the XR Guild? Can you tell us a little about that? I know it's independent of the conference. I'm just curious about what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's also going to be the first time that we kind of see the the mission being described in in more detail. But in general, you know, it's it's you know Avi Barzev, which has kind of been one of the yeah he's awesome uh, leading forces behind yeah. it. Um, you know, he's he's been concerned with a lot of uh, the ethical concerns. You know, the the openness, the uh, Again, privacy and security and all these kind of things that are necessary uh, for this, for the metaverse or you know anything with AR and VR to be successful. Uh, so, so it's really kind of trying to put together the, these leaders to generate a conversation and to share some of the the insights and the uh, the guidelines uh, with uh, the whole community. What happened with you know? The, in, I remember in 2019 we were talking a lot about the AR cloud. Uh, and now it's sort of become just this metaverse cloud. Um, is is there still an AR cloud, or or is it just one big cloud for all of our uh, metaverse computing? That's that's a great point. I mean, uh, in a sense, that when the metaverse came out, a lot of the uh, concerns related to the AR cloud transport transported into the metaverse discussion. Uh, but actually, you know, uh, you see a lot of progress on specifically on the air cloud. So the metaverse for the real world, if you will. Yeah. And um, there's actually going to be a, a pretty big announcement, uh, which is a, a collaboration between multiple organizations, the Open Air Cloud Association, but also uh, the Kronos Group, uh, C3, you know, all, all the kind of the, the big standards organizations are going to make an announcement around the open metaverse standards. Uh, initiative, and they will introduce some standards that are already kind of ac accepted to a large degree. Uh, so I think the, I mean, I, I first talked about the air cloud in 2017, when <laughs> Apple released the uh, air kit, and I said, you know, in three years, we'll have the air cloud everywhere. Uh, of course, you know, <laughs> it always takes longer. Well, you know, I think when we were thinking about the AR cl cloud, then I don't think we were thinking that we were so close to having a digital twin of the physical world that would be broadly accessible through a platform like Niantic Lightship or, um, you know, some of the things that, that Snap is doing with landmarkers and, and some of their other. And Niantic and, yeah. and Apple. Google, yeah, they're all. Yeah, so all I, I think the, I think we, I mean, in 2017, I was not thinking digital twin of the physical world. Uh, but but clearly that's where it was going. Now it's 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 obvious, and we're all talking about that. Um, you know, the idea of integrating that into a metaverse where you would go seamlessly from fully digital, uh, you know, world that is just a made up place to a place in the physical world. 
is is very very compelling. It was the sort of thing in Snow Crash where I kind of dismissed it and said, "Well, that's ridiculous. That's science fiction." Uh, well, and, and, I, and here we are living inside of it. And I, and I think you know, or you mentioned the track around ethics and discussions around where things are going to head overall from a community standpoint, which is going to be probably the most interesting track because there's so much push and pull as you started to refer about this AR cloud, which conceptually is this unified idea, but with companies with commercial aims all trying to sort of deliver on specific you know, economic forces that they can control and own and profit from, they tend to fight against each other, right? So um, I think that'll be a very interesting area to explore over the next uh, few days in person when we're all gathered together. Absolutely. And you know, you, you asked about some of the other big topics. Uh, it looks like one of the things that will be most uh, discussed as well as presented on the expo floor is around volumetric capture and mm -hmm. avatars. And it feels like it's becoming sort of almost a commodity. The technology is, is good enough, whether it's, you know, creating a, a you know, a Ready Player Me type avatar or creating more of a realistic avatar with, you know, in, three, in uh, 3D or uh, vol vol uh, vol volograms, which have really improved over the last few years. Uh, and it seems, you know, it's, it's another form of a digital twin, right, of yourself. Mm. And it feels like that's already uh, becoming something that everyone is, is looking into and, I, and using. I want to be on the record as saying I do not want a digital twin of my current self. I want a digital twin of Charlie 35 years ago. <laughs> the beauty is that it's totally possible, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, it's funny because uh, I was actually talking to Timu Toku, who was on the show, and he said the first avatar everybody makes looks like themselves, but thinner and younger. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe with more hair. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, um, but in a way, I'm kind of used to, uh, to this look. So um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you have something called the playground, which is always this extension of the expo floor that, you know, is more experiential and, and often more uh, entertainment uh, oriented or artistic. Let me say, I saw, you know, where thoughts go there a few years ago. It's kind of my favorite part of the whole experience is to get into the new, right? Get into these, these more exploratory experimental areas where people are trying new things and showing them off. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, it's been a, a favorite uh, aspect of the event since we started it in, I believe, 2015. Uh, it was first, you know, in a small room with a few kind of cool experiences. And since then, it, it has grown. I think this year, it's going to be probably one of the coolest ones that we've seen. Um, and again, it's, I think it's another sign of maturity. Uh, so we'll have a bunch of simulations, flight simulator by Vario, a car simulator with Talon, uh, uh, some cool rides, uh, haptics and, and VR locomo locomotion devices. Burning Man is going to be back with their experience, which is always cool. And the Air House, you know, which that's, you know. Uh, oh, speaking of Lucas Risotto, right. Yeah, he, he did the uh, uh, Where Thoughts Go a few years ago, which actually won a Best in Show. And uh, he's coming. I think it's, by the way, out. one of the best things on the quest. If you're listening and you haven't done Where Thoughts Go, I think it's 10 bucks. It'll be the best 10 bucks you spend on the quest. Promise. I'll, I'll give your money back when I see you if, uh, if you don't agree. Yeah. So this year they're bringing the Air House, you know, which is this uh, LA uh, institute that brings in creators every month to just go crazy with, yep. with AR. And uh, they're going to bring some of those. Uh, crazy experiences to the event. Uh, 
a lot of uh, cool new stuff coming from there. And then, you know, there's uh, a, a new thing that we've never had. VR esports is also going to be in the playground, including on the main stage. We'll actually have a competition, a live competition uh, with, you know, VR esports uh, on the main stage. And, and that's something that- That is awesome. Will attract a lot of attention. That is awesome. So um, before we um, wrap up, Ted has got to run off to a board meeting. Uh, and I, I know you're busy today also. Um, but before we wrap up, people at home, one good thing about the pandemic is I think it forced everybody to get good at remote and hybrid events. So in fact, if you're not going to AWE, if you can't afford the plane ticket and the hotel and the pricey uh, ticket to the live event, you can watch it at home. And I, it's free, right? That's exactly right. So this year, um, I'm glad to uh, announce that uh, the event will be accessible online for free on awe.live. So only the main stage sessions will be live streamed, uh, but you can connect with, you know, there's 10,000 uh, people right now on that platform. So you can connect with pretty much everyone uh, uh, in the uh, ecosystem. Yeah, and uh, the other uh, talks, the other kind of tracks, will be available for viewing uh, a little bit of time after the event. So, so yeah, it's it's a great way to both you know view the content, but also interact with people that are there and uh, maybe not there in person. A AWE is a fantastic community, and you don't have to be live to be a part of it. There are events going on uh, all the time, both um, locally and online. So. Uh, I am just so inspired by the success you've had with AWE and the community that's come together around it. I think we're all very lucky and really excited uh, to be together in Santa Clara from June 1st to the 3rd. It is probably the only conference I've ever gone to in my life that I wish was longer. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and you guys have been a huge contributor. Well, again, because it's a community. We're, we're part of your community. So, you know, we want to. Excellent. And Charlie, you're coming this year as uh, our main stage MC, which is super uh, well, cool. the second day. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll try and keep things moving and make sure nobody talks as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll, we'll, we'll see you in two weeks. See you, everybody, soon. All Thanks right. Safe much, travel. Everybody. See you soon. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. <laughs>